This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Only Rita, meet her maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. Well... It was basically probably one of the easiest things to solve. Cocaine in the White House. And you would think that it would be a fairly simple issue. You got cameras everywhere all over the White House. You have, obviously, there was a bag of cocaine. You have lots of people working in the White House, Secret Service and staff. There are so many things. You've got sensors. Uh, you have what is this bag of cocaine, which you would think there'd be fingerprints and DNA and a whole bunch of stuff. Apparently now the third story is that it was left in some sort of cubby area where people check their stuff in, where there's a lot of visitors that come in, sort of high profile visitors, too, as well. So wait a minute. You got all these things. You are basically the most secure building and most surveilled building in the world. And now you are telling me, Secret Service, after 11 days that you can't figure it out, that you have no idea who the cocaine belongs to? I say that is outright hogwash. You are either incompetent or you are not telling the American public all you know. You have got to be kidding me. You have spent all this time and it should have been a very quick case. I bet there's cameras in the area. You go through the visitor logs. You go through all these things. And it should be a very fairly quick open and shut case. And the American public deserves to know who brought an illegal substance to the White House. Are you kidding me that we are not supposed to be aware of who actually brought the substance in? And you're trying to tell me that you don't have any clue that after all this investigation and supposedly the best investigators in the world, they sent the product to Quantico. They sent the bag to Quantico. These are the guys who like, you know, check out terrorists, you know, in some tiny little shack in the middle of no man's land, uh, thousands of miles away. They can figure out where Osama bin Laden is hiding out in Abbottabad, Pakistan, uh, because of all the intel that they've got, and they put that all together. And they can't figure out cocaine left by somebody sloppily in a cubby area where there's a lot of Secret Service, there's a lot of cameras, and now there are a lot of questions. To me, this is a sad day for the Secret Service. I know the Secret Service. I have many friends that are still in the Secret Service. I'm going to call them soon to try to get the scoop, because this, to me, is unbelievable. We are hearing that now one of the best investigative and best protective agencies in the world somehow just can't figure this out. 
this just seems ridiculous. And again, either they do not know how to do their job, and I don't believe that's the case because they are very qualified and there's some really good folks there that are on the Secret Service. Or someone saying, please keep it quiet and don't let it get out to the public because there's clearly something a lot more to the story than what they want to share publicly. They can't even keep their story straight, guys. They first told us it was found in the library, which is really close to the family residence. And then after that, then they moved it over a little further to the West Wing entrance. And then they suddenly moved it over to some cubbyhole near the Situation Room. They can't even keep that story straight. And they still have not said to this day that it's not somebody in the Biden family. And they get mad when you ask. It's like, oh, my God, you're irresponsible. And here it comes out today with the Secret Service briefing Congress, and they don't even have the guts to tell Congress and the American public the truth. And that is really sad because this is outright dangerous. It's irresponsible. And if you are covering up for somebody that maybe is on the staff or a well-known visitor or a family member, there's a lot of options. Whatever it is, it looks really bad and it stinks. And you need to fess up for the American public. This is a major security breach. Somebody brought a Class A illegal substance into the White House. And apparently this wasn't the first time. And now you don't even have the guts to tell everybody. Obviously, Secret Service bosses are worried about their job. Clearly, somebody went and said, you know, you got to keep this quiet. Suddenly you don't have a camera. Maybe the fingerprints didn't work. Uh, maybe these things didn't work. These are not like clueless cops. This is a very savvy agency. And I know them well. I've been to the White House many times. This is ridiculous. And this is flat out a lie. And it is confusing. And it is unfair. And I hope that Congress gets to the bottom of it because this just stinks. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Congressman Tim Burchett. This is what he had to say when he heard that just a few hours ago, Secret Service comes out and tells Congress, sorry, uh, we couldn't find anything. Nothing was able to connect to anybody. We're basically clueless. They don't know who it is, and they... they... It's a complete failure. I mean, this thing is, is you know, I don't know if it's a diversion or not because it's a pretty good diversion. A lot of people are upset about it because they don't. Um, clearly, the Secret Service is um, failing at their job. And then he went further, and I think he's being kind, a lot kinder than I would be if I got this numbskull briefing. I do not know who did it, and that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Somebody walks in the, the White House, the most secure building in the United States of America, or in the world, actually, and can place something in a locker. What if it was a biological entity? What if it was something that had an emergent that would, you know, a, would mature over a few days and it would, could, could, you know, it's just a lot of questions. Yeah, what if it was a biological agent? And in fact, they didn't know at first because all they found was a bag with white powder in it. And they're thinking, oh, my gosh, uh, could it be anthrax? Could it be ricin? What is it? So they called in uh, the squad basically to do a preliminary test. But they had to evacuate the White House. They had to bring hazmat crews in. Uh, this is a very serious matter. And if somebody there at the White House has a cocaine habit, 
And we know someone who, at least in the past, had a self-professed cocaine and crack habit. But if somebody currently has a cocaine habit, well, guess what? Uh, we need to know about it. If it's somebody who's visiting the White House and they've got a drug habit, that actually is a very concerning matter. If it's somebody who works there, they shouldn't be working there if they've got a drug habit. If they're so stupid to bring cocaine to the White House, that's a problem. And then if it's somebody who's visiting somebody at a regular basis and they are still doing cocaine, that's a problem. And if it's somebody who was bringing in something else, what if it was somebody who was doing a dry run to see what kind of security do we have at the White House if we want to bring something in, if we want to bring particular items in to the White House and do a test, per se, if you will. What about that? Uh, what if this is something much more serious? We don't know. And they're just satisfied to just leave it at that. That is completely reckless for the American public. And if you are trying to cover up for anybody, anybody high profile that goes to that White House, that is also shameful as well, because that individual should no longer be allowed to come to the White House. And they should also be arrested for bringing cocaine to the White House. It's an illegal substance. And there are so many serious issues with this. What if it's somebody who works there who's got a drug habit? Uh, what if it's a staffer of somebody who's got a, who's got a drug habit? You want that person working there? That person could be bribed. That person could be in major, major compromise position right now. What if it's a senior staffer to the president or a senior staffer to the vice president? Who knows who it is? There are so many serious issues here. Take a listen. Here is Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary, and he basically explains what the Secret Service does and what they don't do. Take a listen. Here's Ari Fleischer a little bit ago. The Secret Service's job is to protect the president of the United States, his life. It is not to be the Drug Enforcement Administration. So it doesn't surprise me if the Secret Service, from their point of view, says it's over they couldn't find the print, the fingerprints or DNA, and there's no threat to the president's life. But if you're Joe Biden or you're the White House chief of staff, you should be the ones demanding that your staff take drug tests. You should be mm-hmm. the ones upset that there was cocaine in the White House. And that's why I say this does not need to be over. They could bring in the DEA and say, we want to get to the bottom of this. So, yes, from a Secret Service point of view, I get it. But from the Biden White House, they should now say we need to kick this into a different gear. Yeah. And the fact that they're not doing anything, they don't even seem concerned about it. Maybe they know. Honestly, maybe they know whose cocaine it is and they just don't want it to come out. And they're hoping that some other news overtakes this. Because can you imagine if it was the Trump White House? They would be going crazy today because this is the definition of recklessness and insanity. And to say, well, we're just going to sweep it under the rug is completely inappropriate. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Your reaction to this, and are you as dubious about their abilities and what I think is not ineptitude, because it's either ineptitude or they're lying. And I think, sadly, they're being pressured to cover up for something. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line two. Jacqueline, your thoughts about this. Actually, I thought about this right from the beginning when they were going to open this quote-unquote investigation, and the first thing that came to my mind was, if you remember from the Andy Griffith show, the character of Gomer Pyle? Oh, yeah, sure. I love Gomer. Gomer was great. Surprise, surprise, (laughs) surprise. 
<laughs> I didn't expect that they were ever going to find anything. What I couldn't figure out, though, is how they were going to get around the issue of the cameras. And I agree with everything that you just said. Like like you, uh, I don't know a lot of Secret Service people, but I dated a Secret Service agent, so they are of the utmost character, uh, thorough background checks like you can't imagine, and uh, it, they have to be pressured, as you said, to cover this up for probably someone in the immediate family, and uh, they're, they're just going to rush it under the rug. Nothing to see here. Move right along. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, first of all, now you mentioned um, that you dated a Secret Service agent. Yes. So, uh, you know, um, just they're, they have to be immensely qualified. Mm-hmm. They have to be vetted. Um, they take their jobs very seriously. That's why you hear Jacqueline, um, because you also have some experience knowing, obviously, a number of them. I would imagine you met some of his colleagues also. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they take their job. That's why I don't like to throw the Secret Service agents under the bus. Right. Um, I think it's coming from senior management. Somebody is telling uh, others you can't say a word about this. You'll be fired. Uh, don't say a word. We're going to handle it here covertly. Uh, keep it tight to the vest. Um, and I have a feeling there's probably a lot of frustration and embarrassment within the great men and women of the Secret Service because they're very, they're very educated. They're very skilled and they're very dedicated to this job and to protecting the country and to protect the president, which is their primary responsibility, but not to lie for the president, Jacqueline. It just goes to show what a disgrace Joe Biden and his entire staff and his entire family is, that they would let the Secret Service basically be the scapegoat for this. Yeah, that's a great point, because because there's no other way around it. People are looking now going, I've heard people who don't know the Secret Service like you and I do, and they're like, um... You know, well, uh, God, they really are, must be a bunch of, uh, Gomer piles, like you said. Um, and you and I know differently. And that's what makes this even so bad is that there's clearly some messages coming from the top. And that really breaks my heart. And clearly, uh, this just, it smells, it stinks, and it is so hypocritical because if there was one gram of cocaine or one dash of cocaine, I should say, uh, in the, uh, White House under Trump, they would have been going crazy. They would, there would have been pictures of Don Jr. and Eric, and they would have put Barron's picture up and said, who did it? You know, and uh, every picture of every colleague, every worker in the White House, did they do it? Did they do it? Did they do it? I mean, it, it is crazy. Jacqueline, thank you so much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Jacqueline says maybe it's Gomer Pyle. I say maybe a little more like Barney Fife. We're going to continue after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about what looks like a scene out of Mayberry, USA. Uh, Jacqueline saying it looked like uh, Gomer. I think a little more like Barney Fife. And what breaks my heart is the Secret Service is a great agency. I know a lot of people in the Secret Service. They know their stuff. 
And that's why I do not believe that they did not find a viable fingerprint, any DNA, anything that would be able to pinpoint who may have left the cocaine. So somebody could just walk in the most secure building in the world, put some cocaine in a cubby uh, and a white powder, by the way, because they didn't know, remember, it's cocaine and just leave and no big deal. That to me is shocking and abominable. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, line three. Stan, your thoughts. Prove it. Prove who it is. You know, you talk and you talk. Look, this is terrible. It happened. Prove who it is. If the, if the Guess what? Hey, Stan. Wait a minute. No, hang if on, Stan. 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 Hang on. Let me just ask you, know, you a I'm question. With Hold on. Yeah, you know what? You and know, I'm, get, I'm, you- I'm getting annoyed with you because you know what? You want me to prove it? I'm not the Secret Service, but I promise you, if I work for the Secret Service or FBI, I bet you within a few hours, I would know what the solution is because I have that much faith in the Secret Service and the investigators at the FBI. You think they're a bunch of morons, Stan? Go ahead. Let me tell you something, okay? Uh, I knew from the start when somebody said it was there, I only know that one person was in the minds of everybody there. Okay, just one person. That was it. We know who that was, Mr. Hunter. That's all. That was in your mind. That was in everyone's mind. Because he's a former crack addict. All right. That was the right. Absolutely. But you got nothing. You never do. That this yeah, yeah, you know why we got nothing? Wait a minute. Stan, you know why we got nothing? Stan, you know why we got nothing? Because the Secret Service won't turn over anything. Because they're not that stupid. They're a great agency. You got the most surveilled building in the world, and you can't find anything? You're kidding me that somebody could walk in with a white powder and walk away, and you think it's something to cheer about? You go ahead, Stan. That is a that is a devastation to American security. And there's something really bad. And you know darn well, if it was the Trump White House, they would be all over it. And you, who always says orange man bad, guess what? You'd say orange man bad with cocaine. Really bad. That's what you would be saying. Stan, I hope you calm down and I hope you come to your senses. But I love you, Stan. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a really powerful story coming from Tampa, Florida, where a four-year-old nearly died when he waded through tall grass in a Florida pond and he got entangled. The boy who has autism was found after two deputies searching the water found him being kept afloat by cattails, which is a type of weed. Now, it happened around 1030 in the morning on July 11th in a rural community just northeast of Tampa. And video shows the toddler was virtually invisible in the high shoulder grass. A concerned citizen had called 911 regarding a child seen running across the street and then into that nearby pond. 
the search was more challenging due to the fact that the boy was nonverbal. However, he could be heard whimpering as one deputy got into the water for a better view of the area. The deputy was nearly submerged when the boy was discovered, and then he was handed off to another deputy. The deputy can be heard on videotape saying, I could barely hold him because my feet was sinking so deep. The boy was reunited with his family after an examination determined that he did not suffer life-threatening injuries. And the Hillsborough County Sheriff, which is that area there just northeast of Tampa, called the video harrowing. And he said, I shudder to think of the outcome, if not for the tenacity and efforts of these two brave deputies. Well, bravo to law enforcement and what they do and how beautiful that they were able to uh, save this four-year-old autistic young boy. Well, we're talking about law enforcement and we're talking about the Secret Service because it is quite stunning that after 11 days, they go to Capitol Hill and they brief Congress and say they basically came up with nothing connecting anybody to the cocaine at the White House. They also conceded that there has also been other cases of drugs at the White House. Uh, now, Stan, who just called, uh, again, who always thinks Donald Trump is the worst, if cocaine was found in the Trump White House, he would be going crazy. He'd be, oh, this is terrible. This is this. Well, guess what? Now it's been found in the Biden White House. And this is just abominable for a lot of reasons. First off, he wrote himself as the morality, uh, you know, official, the basically vetter of decency in the White House that he was coming back to bring family values back to the White House. How's that going, guys? And then secondly, the security. The fact that a white powder could go that would evacuate the White House and they don't really seem to care. And what's amazing to me tonight is a number of Democrats have come out and said, well, you know, they looked at it and let's just kind of move on because they probably know that there's clearly somebody serious who had that cocaine, that it was connected to probably somebody because the locations kept changing. The stories kept changing. It just defies logic. And all of these things just lead me to believe that. There was somebody high profile that it belonged to that they know that they just don't want to tell us. Take a listen. This is Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. And listen to what he said after he got briefed by the Secret Service, who said, sorry, we looked at everything. We're the best, one of the best agencies in the world, but we can't even figure out a little bag of cocaine. What if it had been anthrax? I guess the Secret Service would have just said, oh, sorry. I don't know who had anthrax in the White House. The most secure location on the planet. Are you out of your mind? I mean, the fact is now, apparently, our law enforcement officials, Secret Service, FBI, whoever's involved, can go back to going after Scott Smith in Loudoun County for defending his daughter in front of a school board or going after Mark Houck for defending his son in Philadelphia Hmm. because they want to politicize our system of justice rather than actually doing their job. You better damn well believe that if they wanted to go figure out where that cocaine came from, the Secret Service of the United States in the White House of the United States could figure it out. We know what's going on here. And this is more of the, you know, clear two-tier system that we're seeing going on. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene said there would have been a simple solution because at one point the White House said, you know what, we just can't narrow it down. There seems to be all these different people that have been coming in and out. Remember, they changed the location multiple times. So I don't even believe that where they now claim it was found is even accurate. How could you not know where the white powder was found? That's an easy answer. That's a very simple answer. And they can't even give a direct answer on that. So I am highly suspicious of everything. 
But the last location where they claim it was found, now they say, well, there were hundreds of people who could have gone in through that entrance. There were a lot of staff members. There were some VIP visitor types. There was a whole bunch. And they said maybe about five, 600 people would have gone in the window of when we believe that that cocaine would have been left. And again, remember, they claimed that the Biden family was not in the White House on Friday. Remember, that is a flat-out lie. Corinne Jean-Pierre said it when she was asked by reporters, okay, was there the, you know, was the family present at all around that window where potentially maybe, you know, a day or two before? So, oh, no, 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 they were not there. That was a lie. That was a misstatement or a lie, however you want to phrase it, because they were there until 6.30 at night on a Friday night. Remember, the cocaine discovered on the Sunday. So there are so many major issues with this. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene says, you know what? Okay, if you got five, six hundred suspects, which I don't believe is the case, but if they claim it, well, why don't you do some screens? Why don't you do some tests? Why don't you do some drug tests of them to show that you really want to get to the bottom of it? Because the reality is they don't want to get to the bottom of it. But listen to what Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say. Just speaking with the Secret Service now, my question to them was they were able to narrow down a list of approximately 500 people that had left a small bag of cocaine in a cubby. Now, these are cubbies that are um, controlled by the administration, not by the Secret Service when they enter into the foyer off the West Executive Entrance. Uh, this this cocaine was found there, so they were able to bring the list, narrow it down to approximately 500 people. My question to them was, have they drug tested this list of 500 potential suspects that brought an illegal substance, a drug, cocaine, into the White House? Their answer was no, and that they're unwilling to do so. Uh, it makes no sense to me whatsoever why they would not follow through on one simple task, and that is to drug test a list of 500 people that they have um, that are potential suspects for this. So they were asked, why don't you drug test people? Because guess what? Especially as we were talking the other night, if you do a hair sample, it stays in your system for weeks. Some of the others, urine and blood and all that, it doesn't stay as long. But particularly hair, it stays for weeks. So if somebody did cocaine and then left it there, you would think it'd show up in their system. Maybe you find out there's some other drug addicts that are working for you or visiting the White House. Whatever the case is, you probably don't want them there, right? But they make no effort to do it. What does this say to you guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Matt. Line seven. Matt, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, I want to thank you for keeping me company me company tonight. I'm headed down the Jersey Turnpike to D.C. Oh, oh my uh, God. I, have, I, have no, I have no cocaine in the car, though. Good. That's good. We're happy to hear that. <laughs> you know, and it just boggles my mind that, you know, they are so dishonest about the whole thing. They, they describe it as a dime bag of cocaine. Well, how much cocaine was it? Was it a quarter gram, a half a gram, an eight ball? which is three and a half grams, which is a significant amount of cocaine. Why why, by the way, why do we, you're right, we don't know the amount. Why don't we see a picture of it, too? We haven't seen a picture of it. Right. You know, uh, today, I, I believe it was a spokeswoman for possibly the Secret Service. She said that in this area, there are over 100 of these cubbies. 
and that the cocaine could have been there for an hour, a day, two days, even a month, and that these cubbies have keys, and this particular cubby was the only one that is missing a key. Why would they not be looking at this? You know, if you have a, a, a you know, on a regular basis, you know, it's missing the key. Was it, it apparently had to have been open? Why did they look into it at what point in time? The whole thing is a disgrace. I've been to the White House, fortunately, for uh, Donald Trump uh, or Melania Christmas party once, and I was so blown away by the level of security. I wouldn't have gone in there with a stolen Snickers bar. Right. Right. That, that's the know, thing, Matt. You know what it's like, the security there. Can you imagine walking in and somebody just going into a locker, walking away with a key and what nobody notices at, at the White House in any shape or form? And like you said, who knows how many days it's been there? I mean, that that is darn right frightening. What if they left something else in the cubby? Would, would that also have gone unnoticed, too? I mean, it, it it's inconceivable, don't you think, Matt, having been there? Isn't it inconceivable? I, I agree. And it, it doesn't speak, speak well for the Secret Service or anybody that they could get that in, because certainly if somebody wanted to do harm based on the fact that they got this in, they could certainly get something else in. Yeah, that's why there are so many major questions tonight. Matt, thank you very, very much. Let's go to BJ, line three. BJ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Uh, thanks for uh, waking Stan up. I, I was worried about him. Uh, apparently his uh, fangs are very sharp. Yeah, he's but, awake uh, now after that conversation. <laughs> he, 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 he's a piece of work, boy. You yeah, know, I wanted he, to he, keep his blood pressure down, though. My goodness, he sounded like he was going to pop tonight, you know? He He's back in the full swing, you can tell. Yeah, he's you back know, to his old self. That's a good sign, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, um, uh, this is starting to look like a false flag operation now. Uh, because and and I still stay with my original premise that the Democrats have no problem defiling the people's house, abusing our law enforcement by making them go on these wild goose chases, all in the effort to create a dumpster fire to take the focus off of Donald Trump, uh, of, of uh, Joe Biden uh, abroad and Christopher Ray. And all the failures of the Biden administration, they make up this bogus cocaine story uh, So because they know that the press will go will will swarm in it on it like honey's to, uh, like bees to honey. They, they know that everyone will say, oh, it must be Hunter Biden. Uh, you know what? That stuff was planted there. That's what happened, in my humble opinion. So who that do you think planted, planted it? Who do you think planted it? It's someone that has to have clearance. It's someone that has to have access to that area. It's someone that had to have been allowed into that area. That is the only way they could have. They could if it was someone that was on a a VIP tour, uh, you know, but that's how that happened. Okay, because there's no DNA on a plastic bag. Is that what you're telling me? Right. I mean, no. So that that was an inside job to create a false flag operation so that everyone would say, oh, look at this. In the meantime, Biden's all all over the place talking about global warming, sending 3000 troops to to, uh, uh, from the Pentagon to over to Ukraine. Uh, The other one, Christopher Ray, he can't answer a simple question about uh, a a text message from Hunter Biden to his uh, to uh, a Chinese uh, party member. Uh, you know, th- th- this was all a this all has the here 
the uh, the earmarks, in my humble opinion, of a false flag operation, a shiny object, a dumpster fire to get everyone's attention off of what's going on. Well, we, it certainly got uh, everybody's attention. That's for sure, BJ. Uh, if that was the case, uh, it worked. The only problem, I think, that, you know, the media, many in the media, I should say, are sort of allowing. They're like, I've seen some of the other reports today. Oh, well, after 11 days and thorough testing, they were not able to come to a conclusion. I'm like, what a bunch of hogwash. How stupid are you, too? Um, that they should know that there's something fishy about it. The location change, the stories change, all this stuff. Um, so, so I believe that there are others who are clearly inquisitive and people who've been to the White House who are absolutely inquisitive and going, wait a minute, this just doesn't make any sense. So I think if they thought it would be a distraction in many ways, it's brought the spotlight back on Hunter and it's brought the issue of having somebody reckless at the White House. Um, and again, we don't know if it's him this time. But the reason I bring it is that right away you have somebody who did crack in the past and suddenly it comes right back to, well, who would be the logical person? Well, at this White House, we know someone who's come out and said they had a history confusing crack cocaine and Parmesan cheese and all that other stuff. Um, so in one hand, it's also made this whole potential plea deal, which is supposed to happen at the end of July. Remember, a judge still has to approve it. Um, it's casted in doubt. That's the only reason I'm not sure of the old flag stuff. I, I hear what you're saying because I wouldn't put anything past them. Um, but I also think, BJ, that there's a chance that uh, this is genuine because wait a minute, why would you bring attention to drugs at a White House when you have somebody who had a history of drugs, at least in the past? Um, and I hope he's clean now. He said he is, but we don't know. Um, we don't know whose cocaine it is. But it also brings a lot of questions about the plea deal that's coming up because you have to stay clean to accept that plea deal. Part of the plea deal is a diversion program that he would agree to stay clean. So he would basically break the plea deal before it even happened if it comes back to him. And I think it just pass, you know, puts so much attention on the double standards and the double standards in terms of coverage, too. Because if it was Trump, it would be like uh, they'd have a clock in the corner of how many hours until uh, they get the evidence. And if they didn't get the answer today, the mainstream media would be accusing for sure the Secret Service of a cover up. And they'd be demanding them to be impeached, the head of the Secret Service. So. You know, it just to me, I think it just amplifies all the double standards that we've talked about. But but you never know, BJ. I wouldn't put anything past these guys. They're the ones who also orchestrated the 51 intelligence uh, officials to sign that letter and say, wow, this looks like Russian disinformation, this Hunter Biden laptop. And now we know they orchestrated that one, too. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the fact that the Secret Service, after 11 days, supposedly says case closed. They have no clue who left the bag at the White House, full of powder that turned out to be cocaine. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was briefed uh, earlier today, um, and she was on with the John Solomon, take a listen to what she basically equated. She said, it's interesting the Secret Service wraps up their investigation 
on this, uh, but there are other things that seem to have an endless end date. Take a listen. I'm shocked, I'm dismayed, and I'm disgusted that the Secret Service cannot tell us who brought cocaine in the White House. Um, and then the even more shocking part is they're ending their investigation tomorrow. And I think that's a complete failure, especially given the fact that the Department of Justice is still arresting people uh, for walking in the Capitol on January 6th. That's an interesting analogy. It seems like anybody that was in the area of the Capitol on January 6th, if you sneezed, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, uh, someone's come to your house. And yet, for some reason, this one just, let's hurry up and wrap it up, and we can't find any evidence. And yet, if you were, like, anywhere near the Capitol, they went through your bank records. They went through your phone records, as it turns out. They did all this, like, micro-targeting of anybody in the area. Grandmothers had people visiting them in the wee hours. What were you doing on January 6th? Anybody in the area. They somehow used the most state-of-the-art technology to find anybody that was anywhere near there. And yet, they have a bag sitting in a cubby in the most secure building in the world, and they have no clue. And they want to hurry up and end the case and move on. This really smells like a rat. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris on line six. Chris, your thoughts? You know, you know, if it wasn't Hunter, they would have told us by now. They, 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 if it was somebody else, of course they're protecting him. Yeah, one thousand percent. And by the way, you bring up a great point because Corinne Jean Pierre couldn't rule it out. Uh, then the other guy uh, who came out on uh, he was on Air Force One when he was being questioned, he couldn't come out and deny it either. In fact, he he used the Hatch Act to basically explain why he didn't want to talk about it. So you're right. That's what's that's what's fueled into this. If they knew it wasn't them for sure, they would have said, we can't say that. But the fact that they kept it as an open ended question just made the, I guess, hypothesizing even more. And and it made it that it could be it could be them, could be somebody else. But they certainly didn't rule it out. Uh, Let's go to Joe. Line one. Joe, your thoughts. Freedom, my love. First of all, I want to start over with something very somber, sad. Two Newark firefighters, one laid to rest today, God rest his soul, and his partner, who will be laid rest tomorrow in Newark. Uh, By the way, Joe, these are tied to the cargo fire, right? Is that the the, uh, fire at the the yard? And the Puno was in the port of Newark. And, you know, not for nothing, but not for nothing. Why don't they, with all that technology, why don't they have these special hydraulic boats that will bring up the water uh, under the boat in the Newark Bay and then put it out? Firefighters should not have to have gone into a cargo ship with the smoke, but God rest their souls and may their souls be embraced by Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Joe, thank you, by the way, for talking about that. And I I was referring to the shipyard, but I agree with you that it's it's the talk about two heroes. Thank you for reminding us all about that. I also want to say, Rita, first of all, now we can get a little lighter. Yeah, go ahead, Joe, real quick. Can I can I continue after this? You got to go real can quick, Joe. Go ahead, real quick. Bottom line is, Hunter Biden's a disgrace and Joe's an enabler. Throw them the hell out. All right, that sums it up, Joe. You never mince words, my friend. And thank you for also honoring those two brave firefighters. We're so grateful for their service and their courage. 
We're going to continue after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby show, some new details coming in about U.S. troops uh, being sent to Europe. And we're going to be talking about that later on in the hour. Also, this is unbelievable. John Kerry and Joe Biden in the last 24, 48 hours, both have been talking not when they're referring to Ukraine and China and places like this about the threat and of course, in Ukraine, what's been going on with the war, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, they've got a lot of things going on in Ukraine. And yet Joe Biden starts talking about climate change the other day. I was like, are you kidding me? He's there in NATO and he's presenting, talking about the biggest issues of our time. He's in Vilnius, Lithuania, and he's talking about NATO and Russia and what's been going on. And, of course, the threat from Russia and NATO standing together. And then the biggest threat of our time is climate change. I thought, are you kidding me? I don't think the people in Ukraine are right now really worried about climate change. I don't think that that's like the top of their agenda. I think they're worried about survival right now. And they're thinking, I'm not so worried that they're worried about the temperature change or the ground issues or whatever. They're worried about making sure that their family uh, stays alive, given what's been going on in their country. And so then John Kerry earlier this week, and he testified today. We're going to get to that later on in the hour because that's a doozy, too. Uh, but today, John Kerry, he's the climate czar. Uh, but he's also former secretary of state, senator, obviously a very well-known guy been in politics a long time, knows a lot of issues are now facing Ukraine, again, actually use this moment to talk about climate issues in Ukraine as if that's the big issue on everybody's mind right now. How clueless are these people? They're sitting there talking. It's an insult. You have people getting attacked. Uh, you have stories of horrific stories of rape, of child sex trafficking, of obviously the killings that are taking place in Ukraine, some of the worst atrocities known to man. And John Kerry is worried if it's one degree warmer. I don't think they're thinking of that, John Kerry. Here's what he said to MSNBC. Listen to this guy. When you have bombs going off and you have damage to septic tanks or to power centers, etc., you have an enormous release of, uh, of greenhouse gas, of methane, of, you know, all of the family of greenhouse gases. And the result is it's adding uh, to the problem. I'm not, you know, believe me. That's uh, the fight in Ukraine is a fight that we have to make, that the world has to make. The values at stake are enormously important to all of us. So I'm not suggesting by any fashion that that this is not a fight we shouldn't be involved in. But I am saying that there are ancillary impacts 
as a result of it. And, and one of the largest is that with the loss of the gas that was coming into Europe from Russia, a lot of countries have had to either reopen coal or keep a, you know, some other form of dirty fuel available to them just as an emergency to prevent the collapse of their economy. So it's been disruption, broad-based disruption, <clears throat> which has had a very broad impact. Right. So I'm sure that that's what they're worried about right now is um, emissions from a bomb, a Russian bomb that could be somehow, you know, hurting the soil or something. They're worried their soil's not going to be around in a few months or a few years. I mean, this is just insane. These people. And that's what here is Biden again. He's out there in Vilnius, Lithuania, talking about some major, major issues that are going on um, in the war. And he spends about a few minutes on it. And then the next thing he knows, he goes to climate change. I, I just do not understand these people. I mean, it seems so disingenuous and it seems so out of touch. And it seems so clearly inept that they're not even thinking of the major security threats that they would use that opportunity to start preaching about climate change at such an inappropriate time. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about the White House and the fact that the Secret Service just came out a little bit ago and said, sorry, we will not be able to pinpoint anybody because there were no good fingerprints. There were no good DNA traces. Uh, we didn't find any good videotape. There was no camera in that section. What a surprise. I, I mean, this to me is just such a bunch of hogwash. And by the way, next week is going to be an explosive week on Capitol Hill. And that is because the two whistleblowers, the two IRS whistleblowers, will be testifying publicly before James Comer's committee. This is going to be, I think, really riveting and very revealing. Because one of them we know is Gary Shapley. He's one of the senior IRS agents. He's one of the supervisors there. And he says that there was just stonewalling every step of the way in the Hunter Biden case. And then the guy who worked for Gary Shapley, who's only gone as whistleblower number X, he's going to be actually coming forward and apparently going to reveal who he is and his background. They will take questions from both sides and they will testify under oath under penalty of perjury and tell what they have apparently been saying behind closed doors, what we've seen in a few of the interviews that at least Gary Shapley's done. But I think this is going to be a very powerful moment. James Comer is saying he's going to talk about new bank records he has uncovered that show a big money trail tied to Hunter Biden. And he's also going to talk to the IRS whistleblowers about things that they uncovered in the investigation that has never come out to the American public before. So this could be really powerful testimony. That's going to happen next week. And all of this is sort of coming together as Comer says that he's gotten all this new financial information and he's going to sort of cross check it with these IRS whistleblowers. And we'll be able to look at them. And sort of see for ourselves, do they seem credible? Gary Shapley so far seems incredibly credible. He, you know, has been an IRS agent for, I think, 13 years. We spoke to his attorney. And so he seems very credible. He's gone on record right away. Now the other one is saying, I'm going to go on record. So let's see what they got. And in the meantime, this White House can't even admit that they probably know who the cocaine belongs to, but they just aren't telling us. 
I mean, it's inconceivable. That's my opinion. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael on line two. Michael, your thoughts about this? Rita, to your listeners and to Biden's surrogates that actually listen to your show, with the, with the high inflation, with the high cost of living, the out-of-control crime in the United States, the, our foreign enemies dictating our foreign policy, I, I mean, it's like, it's like these Democrats are trying to demoralize the American people, their constituents. And on top of that, they make a mockery of our White House. If, if the New York City Police Department could find video of the scooter shooter who shot four people this past weekend, you're telling me they don't have the videotape of who put that cocaine there in that, in that cubby? They don't have any evidence at all? Obviously, there's a corrupt. Obviously, they know that there's a good chance that Hunter Biden did it. I mean, if it walks like a snake, acts like a snake, acts like a crackhead, it's a crackhead. I mean, people got to get up. How much more of this crap are we going to take? Really, how much more? I mean, where is where is SEAL Team 6 to save America from these degenerates who run our, who run our country, who were mistakenly voted in by these Democrats who are bamboozled? I mean, it's getting to the point where we are being, this country is being laughed at by our enemies. Kim Jong-il is probably laughing at this. Putin, President Jing, the, the, the Iranian mullahs. It, 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 we're, we're a joke now. We're, we're a joke. And, and thank God for Marjorie Taylor Greene who brought up that good point. They finished an investigation, and they still continue on with the, with the Trump investigation. They finished investigation, this investigation of cocaine in our White House. You know this video. They, those, your friends in the Secret Service got to come out. Because we pay their salary. With our high taxes that we pay, we pay their salary. That, that's all I wanted to say, Rita. No, thank you, God for you. Thank you, yeah. Michael. You're terrific. And you know what? You're you're right. It It is abominable. And and to say case closed, first of all, they should have said, uh, if a, a responsible White House, for starters, would say, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you got to get to the bottom of this. They have not seemed concerned from day one. I mean, that's the other thing, too. They don't seem, remember the very first day, too, Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about, you know, well, when you find whoever did it, I assume you're going to prosecute to the fullest. You're going to push for prosecution to the fullest. And it was like, well, we don't really know. Are you kidding? Like, like that's when I knew that they were covering up. At that moment, as soon as I saw her not seeming interested to hold somebody accountable, anybody accountable, whoever it was, uh, that's when I knew that there was a real you know, I think just a big masquerade going on at the White House, because if it was some construction worker who brought it in or if it was someone else who brought it in, they'd be throwing the book at them. But the fact that they were like willing to let it slide to me just basically said everything. And again, I don't think they're that out of touch. I don't think they're that stupid. I think they're covering up something and I'd like to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Let's go to Teddy. Line one. Ted, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, I want to second what Stan said. Rita, every time BJ or any other person that calls with your same, with the same point of view as yours, you give them all the time in the world with, to talk without interrupting. 
When Stan calls and when I call, because you're going to interrupt me soon, you don't give me a chance to express myself on how I feel about what you're talking about. So could you please let me talk and then you can voice your opinion. Well, Stan, no, wait, interrupting hold on. Teddy, me and cutting Teddy, me off. Teddy. All right. Now that you've yes. set the ground rules, go ahead. Why don't what you, do you mean go, ground go rules? Ahead. What go do you ahead. mean ground rules? You're you're not a dictator like Trump. You're not a dictator. Yeah, well, yeah, Teddy, 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 let me explain one thing. You called the show and I'm the host. But go ahead because I like you and I like Stan. I like everybody who calls yeah. in. Okay, and yeah, Ted, I, no, yeah, no, it's you the don't truth. like me, Rita. Ted, you don't love me Ted, like you love oh, Joe. Oh, Rita, oh, my love. Oh, go, Joe. Ted, oh, I love all of okay. you equally. But go ahead, Ted, please. Let's okay. hear. Here's my, here's my point. I want to second what Stan said. Either blank or get off the pot. If they can't produce evidence, okay, then they can't make a definitive conclusion on who it, the cocaine belonged to or who brought it in. I don't feel, and I feel Ray is is honorable. He will not do what you think he's been doing, okay? Being corrupt and lying to the public to protect Joe Biden, okay? And when this comes to sh- push, push comes to shove, Rita, you're going to have to do a mea culpa, okay? Because nothing will be produced. You hear that, BJ and Norm from Brooklyn? Now you can respond to what I said. Thank you, Ted. I'm so glad you're allowing me to speak on my own show. Oh, oh yeah. I'm yeah. so Don't thrilled. So Thank real. you. What an honor. What an honor. So, Ted, oh, first off, Ted, yeah. hang on, hang on, Ted. So here it is. I hear what you're saying, but that does not make any sense. And I, first off, I've been saying the Secret Service. And clearly, there are great people in the Secret Service. That's why I am not by any means trashing the Secret Service. What I am saying is... That clearly there is politics at large here. They protect the president. And clearly they also, the Secret Service director serves at the behest of the president. So what I'm saying to you is that clearly I believe this is my, I have a, I have a right to have an opinion and I have facts to back up where, what I base my opinion on is that there is no way you can tell me that a great investigative body like the Secret Service and so many fine men and women in the Secret Service that after all this investigation, they couldn't find a single fingerprint. They couldn't find any DNA. They couldn't find any of that. It is inconceivable, Teddy. And I'm just telling you, these people can find, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody's nose hair in Bagram. You know what I mean? If they're supposed to find a license plate of somebody in Lahore, they can find it but they can't find it in a cubby at the most surveilled building in the world. It just does not make sense, Teddy. And that's what I'm speaking. I'm speaking logic. And you know what? And I would say the same thing if suddenly if if it was, uh, you know, uh, I know you guys hate Trump or and the Republicans, but if it was a Republican White House, I'd say something's fishy, too, because it's just not logical. These people are highly skilled. They know what they're doing. And there's no way that there's not a viable fingerprint or there's not a this or they're not. This is not Keystone Cops. These are great, talented people, but clearly there's some uh, muffs on them. And we'll find out the truth, and then you'll eat crow, Ted. But anyway, I love that you set the ground rules. And, Ted, you are welcome to call any time. I love you and Ted and love all of you. Thank you very much. We'll continue, everybody, after the break.
You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about me recuperating from Ted and Stan tonight. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Listen, it's America. We love hearing from everybody. Uh, even if I think they're loony kazooty. Let's go to Sandra. Line eight. Go ahead, Sandra. Your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Um, you know, uh, there are five ways to find out who, you know, has that uh, cocaine. Forensic evidence, controlled access, Cameras, witnesses, surveillance tapes. So they know who ha- they know whose it is. But then, I, when I was listening to your show tonight, one call said maybe it was planted. I said, "Oh, that could very well be to maybe then blame Hunter." But now I'm thinking, no, because that doesn't make sense. Because if it was Hunter, they wouldn't tell us anyway. And if it was planted, I don't know. The whole thing is they know who it is. We don't. And that Hatch Act. People are afraid to speak up. Does that act really, is that act really enforceable that people would be afraid to speak up, you know, if they work there and they kind of know things? No, see, the Hatch Act is different. I'm glad you brought that up, Sandra, because the Hatch Act basically is that you can't really talk about uh, campaign issues when you're at the White House. Like you have to separate it from White House duties. You can't be like, uh, that's more for like political issues. So it has nothing to do with cocaine at the White House. Which is why it is just so insane and just completely, completely absurd. It was just like a good excuse not to answer the question for the 80th time. Um, and it can be enforceable, but it has nothing to do with cocaine at the White House. It's enforceable if you violate it, but that's, it's it has zero to do with cocaine. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue your calls. Also talk about Biden saying the biggest issue is climate change. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great veterans and also their families. A really powerful story coming from Detroit, Michigan, where a veteran is set to conclude his nearly 1,800-mile walk across America, and he's ending it in Rochester Hills, Michigan. The 36-year-old journey started on May 13th from Sarasota, Florida, covering six states and returning to Michigan. The veteran's name is Jack Huffman. He's also known as Jax, and he was an Army helicopter mechanic. His reason behind the initiative is to raise money for fellow veterans. He said, pursuit of happiness. They gave that to us, so this is paying that back to them. Well, from Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, and now Michigan, Jax again has walked nearly about 30 miles a day and has raised over $11,000. He says this is his third pair of shoes, burned the rubber right off two pairs already. 
and he said he's happy to do it to bring attention to veterans' issues and raise money to help them for their services, health care, and a whole bunch more. Bravo to this great American, and how beautiful that he is shining a light on the important issues and values of our veterans, and also thank him for his incredible service, and he continues to do that to shine a light on so many others. Well, we are talking about what's been going on at the White House, and the fact is it's the Keystone Cops because they can't seem to figure out if there's any evidence connecting anybody to cocaine. It somehow mysteriously ends up first in the library, then it's moved to an entrance area, then it's moved to a cubby area, and we're supposed to believe all this. They can't keep their story straight. And I want to play a little quote. This is uh, cut number six. This is Marie Harf. Uh, she is a Democratic consultant, and she was on Fox News earlier today. And boy, she keeps making excuses for Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Take a listen. Look, on the question of the president's family, I, I, if I were in that position, I would probably bristle at that a bit because I think that people use Hunter Biden's past problems with drugs in a bunch of political ways right now, in partisan ways. I think he should be applauded for being sober, regardless of what you feel about his other actions. He seems to have gotten his life back together, at least when it comes to that part of it. And to insinuate that somehow he did this, I think is a little beneath some people, maybe commentators on Twitter, or so, I'm not saying the journalist did this, but I'm just saying this insinuation that maybe it was him because of his past use when there's no evidence feels to me like kind of a cheap shot. Well, uh, here it is. Here's Kelly McEnany, the former White House press secretary, explaining why there's a cloud over Hunter and everybody else who was in the White House at that time, because they won't give us a straight answer. Take a listen. When asked if this was a family member, for Andrew Bates to say, I cite the Hatch Act, which has to do with elections. Oh. Bizarre. Joe Biden's asked questions about this. He doesn't answer. Corrine Jean-Pierre asked about the family and she derides the reporter. I would have gone to Trump and said, they're saying this is your family member. He would have said, absolutely not. I would have gone to the podium and said, I have zero reason to believe this is anyone in the president's family. Why she didn't do that, I do not know. Yeah, and she kept the speculation open. And now they're saying case closed. What a bunch of hogwash. Let's go to Mark, uh, line four in from Kansas. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Rita. Uh, know, this morning when I heard the news, I fell out of my wheelchair. I was laughing so hard. Um, you have to think about this. It's Sunday. The first family's not in residence. That place is deserted on, on when he's not there, especially on a weekend. So they're telling us now that there's 500 people that came through that door Sunday afternoon. Hmm. How many people did they ID up on Capitol Hill from January 6th with facial recognition for all the cameras up there? You don't think they got cameras in the White House that they could do this? This is, this is phony. What's and, next? We're going to have Mark, Jason Strong doing stuff and smoke there? Yeah. And, Mark, I, I know you have worked in the White House. I know who you are. Um, and you know the White House well. Is there any way that you would believe that, like, these cubby areas – would be where there'd be no cameras, no fingerprints. I mean, it's uh, just like you said, the logs, visitor logs. I mean, you know how many different layers of security you go through. It's inconceivable. Like you just said, it's like Cheech and Chong. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, they're going to be playing up in smoke there, you know, on the closed circuit TVs from now on. Yeah, it's you know, amazing. Not only that, not only that, but remember with when Obama and the couple 
crashed the state dinner at the with the, during the Obama administration. They, they they came in, you know, through the through, through the Secret Service, and they didn't get checked. I'm like, what are they doing these days? It is Keystone cops. It is it really Keystone is. cops, and and imagine a substance. Well, that's why you know what I have a hard time believing that this is actually true, Mark, um, because I don't think they're that inept, and I don't think that like somebody who would leave something. At first, they said it was in the library. Then they moved it to another location. Then they claim it was in this cubby. And then they claim there's no fingerprints, no cameras, no, uh, no acts. They don't even know if it was a worker. They don't know if it was a visitor. Uh, I mean, it's inconceivable, Mark. I mean, it's just not realistic, especially no, first of all, anywhere, let alone the White House, Mark. Well, what I'd like to know is how did they first discover it? Did one of the canine dogs alert on this? Or did some other, or was there some other method that alerted them that there was a substance that shouldn't have been there that they called the hazmat team in for? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great. We don't know. You know, you know? We, ha- we have we haven't heard anything that like one of the dogs found it or something else. But you know, now it's just that I'm, there's cameras right there at that door when you go. You know, now I don't know if you know this, but when you do a, a South Lawn uh, event right now, like a, a state arrival or something on the South Lawn. The media, instead of going back through the palm doors, they go out the south, out the side, the southwest driveway entrance, and they come walking up the sidewalk right past that door and go up a ramp back up to the driveway to go back into the oval, uh, to the press room. Everybody walks right past that door, and if you, there's videotape out there on, in, on YouTube that you can see that door, and there's cameras there right inside, and I'm like, going, they don't know who came in there on a Sunday afternoon when the first family's not. In residence, the place is deserted. Yeah, that's a great point. Think about that. That is that is her and five hundred and that somebody wouldn't have even it, seen it. Mark, the other thing, somebody wouldn't have seen it. Like like that somebody wasn't and they said that they that the person like used a cubby, took a key, and we don't know how many days it was there. I mean, that's just dangerous, Mark. I mean, there's so many things here, and you know how many people, like you just said, there's not that many visitors per se at that time. Um, but there's a lot of staff. There's a lot of Secret Service around too. That nobody saw anything suspicious. Nobody saw anything. Even and like you said, the videotape is, it should be clear as day. And they're claiming there's no video, no cameras. That that uh, it, that just to me sounds wrong. I, I can't believe that there's no cam- that they don't have that there's no cameras that there's no video. Um, I, I just I I, I I no that's I just can't believe it because I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty sure. But there's a camera right out, right there at that door that shows everybody going in and out that door. And if it's on videotape, then, you know, let the House Oversight Committee have it. Let them go to it because, you know, they spent a year and a half finding all the people that went up to the Capitol on January 6th. They got cameras all over the place. They use facial recognition. A lot of them go look at four or five hours of videotape from one door at the White House. Exactly. Sunday afternoon. See how many people, you know, I'm like, ah. You know, this is, you know, they they can't find anything. They don't know anything. And they're not willing to do drug testing on the staff. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, this just stinks. Um, Mark, thank you very much. And and I know Mark well. Mark has spent a lot of time at the White House, knows it well, knows what he's talking about. Um, Mark, thank you very, very much, my friend. Great to have you call in. Uh, let's go to Brian, line six. Brian, your thoughts. You just heard Mark, who knows the White House well. Rita couple of things 247 years no cocaine in the white house you got a cokehead son of a president just because it was 
supposedly found on a Sunday doesn't mean it wasn't lost on a Friday before 6 p.m. The thing is, three weeks ago, Hunter Biden was entered into a pre-trial intervention where if he completes two years of probation, he won't be charged with a felony gun charge. If this cocaine is his, that violates that probation agreement. Absolutely. So that is the best reason to cover this up, to prevent him from being charged, not an embarrassment to the White House, but to protect the president's son. One thousand percent. And by the way, uh, Brian, I have suggested that because I agree with you that if the cocaine is his and we don't know, but if it is, you are absolutely correct. He would be in violation of that plea deal that would be pulled. And I would hope, by the way, that the judge already is reconsidering, at least putting a pause on the plea deal, because there's so much information coming from these whistleblowers, these IRS whistleblowers who are about to testify next week um, publicly. We'll see them. We'll see their face. We'll see all the background on them. I just think there's way too many questions about it and too many credible people who seem to be coming forward saying that the investigation of the plea deal stinks, that the investigation wasn't looked into. All the bribery allegations were pushed aside or statute of limitations or they tipped off uh, the defense team that a search was going to happen in a storage shed. I mean, so many unethical allegations, again, coming from credible people. Um, and I would hope that they would just automatically put it on hold. But you're absolutely right. It would devastate that plea deal. It would shoot it down instantly. Um, and you're right. This is the last thing that they would want right now, um, if indeed it's his. And we don't know that. Uh, but if it were to happen, 1,000,000%. Uh, let's go to Frank in Ontario. Line four. Frank, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I love talking to you. Like I said in the past, I still listen and, uh, God bless you for, like, uh, helping us all out to see the real truth. Um, it's so ridiculous, this two-tiered, whatever you want to call it, I mean, like you said many times, and, and uh, tell Stan, like, God bless him. I, I like him, too. I like his opinion. But yeah, you too. He's, he's got spunk. <laughs> yeah, this is not Gilligan's Island. We didn't go with, you know, on a three-hour tour with... Uh, cartridge of you know so many clothes and you change your dress every day and like come on i mean the obvious truth is there um thank you so much for like you know being honest and like uh it is so plain to see this bumbling idiot overseas disappears all of a sudden oh they keep saying oh they were not at the white house uh kareen jean pierre or whatever but meantime they, she was they were that's the irony exactly. that's the Those irony 37 p.m i Abs- mean like i mean don't tell me they weren't there right i mean that that to me it was a lie it was clearly a lie she had to have known and that's why i wonder why she even went to the efforts of saying that like should she think people were not going to figure it out that you know there's a press pool that knows exactly every movement of the president and he left at 634 with the family. There's a picture of him. I mean, I see the picture of Hunter walking with his like a little red bag or backpack or something over his shoulder. He's walking with his dad towards the plane as they're departing at 634. Everything is to the T. And that's why, A, they can't keep their story straight. 
B, we know there's video. You just heard from Mark. Just go look at the video. There's like basic video that would show who's coming in and out. It doesn't take rocket scientists, and hopefully uh, they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, hopefully Congress won't give this up because uh, if there is a major cover-up, and it sure looks that way tonight, uh, we need to know the truth. Frank, thank you for your great words. And you were talking also about uh, the bumbling idiot overseas. Well, here is Joe Biden. I, I have to play this because he's over in Lithuania, and he's talking about whether or not Ukraine will join NATO, what's going on with the Russia war. Obviously, some really, really big, huge, huge, serious stuff. And then he gets to like, he's like, oh, here, I got it. This is the biggie. Listen to what he has to say of what the biggest issue basically is facing, I guess, Ukraine and the world. You know, we all must summon the common will to, to actually address the existential threat of accelerating climate change. It's real. It's serious. We don't have a lot of time. It is the, the single greatest threat to humanity. That, to me, is the biggest insult. We are talking about what's going on in Ukraine, Russia. People are getting slaughtered, raped, brutalized. Horrible stories of what's happening in the war. We saw what happened in Bucha. Remember, I mean, they are fighting for their lives. And there have been so many lives lost in Ukraine. And they're not thinking about climate change. And then here's this. John Kerry today, listen to this exchange. He testified on Capitol Hill, uh, and he had to admit that a lot of countries are not even listening to them about climate change. Secretary, in 1997, the Senate voted 95 to zero, including you and then Senator Biden, in favor of the Byrd-Hagel resolution, which resolved that the U.S. shouldn't cut emissions until China, Mexico, India, Brazil, South Korea, and other so-called... And the bottom line was they've actually increased, and Kerry had to admit that. I mean, this is just insane. And he starts talking again about climate change. And here's real quick, Congressman Mike McCall saying, you're going over to China. I hope you'll talk a little bit more about something else other than climate change. What about spying, hacking, everything else? Take a listen. As you know, we are in a global balance of power. Competition, great power competition. Um, They've increased their aggression in the Indo-Pacific, especially towards Taiwan. I just came back from Taiwan two months ago. And I was greeted by an armada of battleships surrounding the island, an aircraft carrier and 70 fighter jets conducting live fire exercises. And then I was sanctioned the last day I was there as we departed Taiwan. And I say that not that I want any sympathy for that other than to say it's getting very aggressive. China is getting very hostile in the in the in the Pacific. And we need to take this issue extremely seriously. I hope you will talk to them about their aggression in the region as you talk to them about climate change. I hope you'll talk about them maybe gearing up for war against the United States or taking over Taiwan. I hope maybe you might mention that there's these allegations of hacking or that they're setting up a Chinese spy station 90 miles off the coast of Cuba. I hope you'll do that as opposed to asking them about their CO2 emissions at their plants. I I mean, this is just they are in la la land. Why don't you go over to Iran and forget to ask about, you know, them building a nuclear weapon and ask them about their emissions. And then there was also a chunk, too, where John Kerry actually says, yeah, I plan to talk to Putin about 
the issue of climate change, what he's doing in his country. Uh, by the way, uh, I would love for you to talk to Putin, but I don't think it's about climate change right now. What are your thoughts about how out of whack the priorities of this administration is at such a dire time in the world? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And uh, we're just coming out that President Biden has also authorized, by the way, the Pentagon to tap up to 3,000 reservists. For deployment to Europe, that would also augment the U.S. troops that are there already. Uh, this comes on the heels of the president's five-day trip to Europe, uh, which, of course, was U.K., Lithuania, and ended up in Finland. And it comes after his meetings, of course, with President Zelensky and others. Uh, but now beefing up U.S. troops in Europe, another 3,000 U.S. reservists. Uh, being sent to Europe as we are adding forces there. So very interesting, especially the timing after these meetings. Uh, but I don't know. Are they there to fight climate change? Cause that seems to be the priority of this administration. They're over there. What an insult. They're over there in Lithuania. And the first thing out of President Biden's mouth is talking about the greatest threat to humanity is climate change. Are you kidding me? The greatest threat to Ukraine is uh, trying to figure out how they can make it to the next day with what's going on in their country right now. I mean, this is what an insult. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Yes, first of all, this 3,000 troop uh, buildup in Ukraine, uh, this is kind of mimicking to me, an old man, uh, kind of mimicking a lot of what I saw in the war in Vietnam and this build up and build up and build up. And uh, I look, we we were we were at peace. I'd like to remind uh, your callers like Teddy and Stan, uh, any blood shed, okay, is on your guys hand, your guys heads because you voted for this administration and this administration is apparently taking us to uh to war and um you know I'm I'm just uh, I'm very upset about this. Yeah, some of the, the 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 sort of mission creep if you will and and also you know first he's saying no they won't be in NATO. Yes, no they will. Um, it seems like uh, the president can't keep his story straight. It is it is very, very concerning. Norm, thank you very much, my friend. Always good to hear from you. Um, let's go to Eddie, line three. Eddie, real quick. Great call, Norm. Uh, those two buffoons, Stan and the other guy, I'd like to see how long they last together in a lifeboat. But this, <laughs> with the climate change and the Ukraine, it's like the difference between a match and the bomb that was dropped in Hiroshima. Well, it, that's a great point. You're right. I mean, and they're focused on the match, not the bomb in Hiroshima. I mean, great analogy, my friend. Have a good night, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 